Well, hey, friends, great to be with you all today. Whether you're a regular part of the Grace Chapel family or part of another church that can't meet right now, or maybe you're just out there looking for some encouragement and perspective for these strange times in which we find ourselves, we're glad you're here. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been pleasantly surprised by the good behavior of people in the first couple weeks of this crisis. I mean, people seem to have a genuine concern for the welfare of other people. We're practicing our social distancing. We have given up almost all of our normal activities. We're cooperating with the, the government and our medical community. I mean, think about it. There's, there's no March Madness. There's no Masters Golf Tournament. There's no opening day of baseball. And people are just dealing with it. it it's pretty amazing, actually. But I can't help but wonder, how long will this good behavior last? I mean, what if this goes on for many weeks and, and even months? What if, it, what if it gets scarier or starts hitting closer to home? Will all this goodwill and good behavior begin to wear thin? At what point will people start looking out for their own safety and comfort? demanding their needs be met, even at the expense of others. Now, we've already seen a little bit of this, haven't we? Uh, we've uh, heard reports of, uh, of price gouging on hand sanitizer and things like that, people hoarding groceries and household goods. I won't ask how many rolls of you-know-what you have in your linen closet, but you know what I'm talking about. Partygoers crowding the beaches in Miami. There's been some unfortunate stigmatizing of people of Asian American descent. And in recent weeks, uh, partisan politics has kind of reared its head again as Congress has been battling over arriving at a stimulus package for the economy. I caught a broad, uh, podcast just last night, in fact, featuring uh, David Brooks, the well-known uh, journalist and historian. And he talks about the, the epidemic that hit back in the early 20th century, 1918, uh, the Spanish flu, as it's called. And he pointed out that we hear very little about that particular period in, in our history. And he thinks it's because it was such an ugly period in American history, when, when, when people didn't behave very well. So I wonder, at, at what point will this all get to wear thin? When will the stress start taking a toll on us? And, and we'll begin looking out for ourselves at the expense of others. And in all of this, what does it mean to be followers of Jesus in times like these? Well, we are coming down the home stretch of a series we're calling Bless. We are learning how to share the love of Jesus with people in our everyday lives. And so far, we have learned to begin with prayer, to ask God to open our eyes to the people and needs and opportunities around us every day. And then we learn to listen with care taking time to, to get to know people, to, to hear their stories, to understand their life experience and their point of view. So begin with prayer, listen with care, and then last week we learned to eat with flair. No, not really. 
The flair part I just threw in there because I like the way it sounds, but it was really, we learned to eat together. Eating together as a way of valuing people, of, of including them in our circle, letting them know they matter to us and to God. And we saw Jesus doing all three of these things in his earthly ministry. Now, we began this series before the coronavirus hit, back when life was normal. But, but we're continuing it, and, and even as we do, we're asking how we can apply these practices even in a time of, of COVID-19. Now, we'll actually finish up the series next week, and then it's going to be on to Easter. Believe it or not, two weeks is Easter Sunday. At this point, it looks like we're going to be online for Easter so we are redesigning our message and our service and everything to try to create a great experience for that special Sunday of the year. And, and we're praying that we might even reach more people this Easter than we ever have before. So we'll tell you more about that next week. Today, we are learning to serve with love. To serve with love. And kids, if you're listening, that's... That's the, the word I want you to be listening for today. Serve, service, servanthood. Try to count the number of times I use one of those words today. Now, I didn't like any of the dictionary definitions I found, so I kind of made up my own. I mean, Adam made up his own word last week, blessers, so I can make up my own definition, right? To serve is to do for others instead of ourselves. When we serve, we do good, kind, helpful things for other people instead of doing them for ourselves. So kids, that means uh, instead of taking the biggest cookie for yourself, you give the biggest cookie to someone else, like your little brother. Adults, that means instead of waiting for someone else to make the coffee run, you make the coffee run. Church members, Instead of insisting on the worship me music that you like, you make room for the church music that other people like. Ouch. That catches all of us, doesn't it? We do for others instead of for ourselves. We put their interests, needs, and desires ahead of our own. And, and that word instead, do for others instead of ourselves, that means it usually costs us something to serve. We don't get the biggest cookie. We have to go out in the rain to make the coffee run. We find joy when other people are worshiping well. We put their needs and interests ahead of our own. We usually end up giving something up when we serve. Well, let me take you to a Jesus story and, and show you what I mean here. And then we'll try to apply it a little bit to the current times in which we live. And then we're going to hear some stories from a couple Grace Chapel people who are, who are blessing others right now. So let's go to Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. We just read a portion of it, but we're going to kind of get the whole story here to, together. And I'm going to suggest that, that we actually read it out loud together. So you go ahead and read out loud at home, whether you're by yourself or with somebody. Just read along with me. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, 
Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Now, a little bit of background here. We are coming down the, the, the home stretch toward the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. And he and his, his disciples, his closest followers, are on their way to Jerusalem. And he's going there to die. Now, the disciples haven't really gotten that yet, even though he's tried to tell them. So as they make their way towards Jerusalem, he tries to tell them one more time that when they get to Jerusalem, he's going to be betrayed, beaten, and put to death. And the first thing James and John say to him after that is this. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Seriously, James and John? They don't express any concern over the fact that Jesus is going to suffer and die. They don't, they don't try to understand what he's trying to tell them. All they want to know is, yeah, Jesus, but what's in it for us? See, they're still thinking that Jesus is bringing an earthly kingdom. That he's going to be sitting on a big old throne somewhere in Jerusalem. And they want to be sure that they have the best seats in the house, one on each side of him, on his left and on his right. They want power. They want privilege. And they want more of it than anybody else. Friends, that is the opposite of servanthood. They're not thinking about Jesus. They're not thinking about the other disciples. They're not thinking about the rest of their nation. They're only thinking about themselves. Did you hear them? Do for us whatever we ask. Now, before we're too hard on them, let's remind ourselves that, that this is what human beings tend to do. We tend to look out for our own interests first, best, most. Now, we weren't made to do that. We were made in the image of God to be other-centered. But as a, as a human race and as individual people, we choose again and again to put ourselves first, to look out for ourselves instead of others. Our comfort, our safety, our happiness. Now, some of that is normal and natural and, and even important for our survival. We, we need to be taking care of ourselves right now. Are my loved ones safe? Do we have enough food? Can I still get my Dunkins? Important things like that. So some of those things are normal and natural. But when we start doing those things at the expense of others, when we deprive other people of things so that we can have them or have more of them, when we put other people at risk to secure our own health and safety, then we've drifted from, from servanthood to selfishness and to greed and to what the Bible just plain old calls sin. Maybe you heard the report this week about some people, a small number of people who have access to, to medications that, that might help with this disease. And they were 
prescribing and hoarding those medications for themselves and their own families, even when they weren't sick. Now, it's a small number of people who are doing that, I understand, but, but it reveals the darker side of our human nature that, that we tend, especially when we're under stress, to put ourselves first, to do for ourselves instead of others. So how do, what does Jesus have to say about all of this? What does he, how does he respond to this outrageous request of James and John? Let's keep reading and again, let's read it together out loud. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. So Jesus acknowledges this ugly human tendency to put ourselves first, to look out for our needs and interests and desires instead of others. But then he says, not so with you. In other words, I want you, my followers, to be different. I want you to put other people first. I want you to do for them before you do for yourself and maybe even instead of doing for yourself. That's what servants do. Remember when we used to go out to eat back in the good old days? Remember those people who used to come to our table and bring us food and drink? What, what did we call those people? Oh yeah, servers. They'd come to the table and say, hey, my, my name is John and I'm going to be serving you tonight. And, and, and they would devote their evening to serving us, to bringing us what we need so that we could have a great dining experience. That's what Jesus is asking us to be for everyone in our lives servers to our families people we're living with right now to, to our neighbors our co-workers people we meet at the store to, to imagine approaching everybody you meet tomorrow and saying my name's Brian and I, I'm going to be serving you for the next few minutes that's what Jesus is asking us to do and a good server will do whatever it takes to make another person have a great experience, to be healthy, to be safe, to be happy, to be fulfilled. And we have all kinds of opportunities to do that, even now in this crazy time of isolation. In fact, I want you to take a minute right now where you are, if you're by yourself or with a group of people, I want you to take a minute and come up with a list of people who are serving us right now. Come up with a list of people who are serving us in this pandemic. Sometimes at their own risk or at some cost to them as well, to their own happiness and safety. Take 30 seconds right now and come up with a list.
Well, I'm sure you thought of a lot of the same people I did. Uh, Pastor Ruth, he kind of gave us a head start on that a few minutes ago. But the first people I thought of were people in the medical profession. Nurses, doctors, people who work in all kinds of healthcare jobs. All of them are caring for people, often putting themselves, their own health and safety at risk. If you're one of those people serving in any of those professions, thank you for what you're doing. But I also thought of other essential workers out there in the workforce right now doing their jobs. People who work in grocery stores and gas stations and yes, at Dunkin' Donuts. Thank you for serving us. People who serve in the military and defense department and industry, helping to keep our nation safe and our world safe. People who work in the media, making sure we have the information we need to, to navigate this situation our local and national government leaders and civil servants who, who keep the country working and, and guide us through this experience. All our first responders, police, firefighters, EMTs, still out there risking themselves to keep other people safe. All these folks are, are more exposed than, than, than many of us who are working from home right now. So to all of you folks, thank you for serving us that way. Now, by the way, did you hear that the government considers people who work in churches as essential workers? Now, I felt really good about that. It said, man, I'm, I'm glad our government recognizes how important we are. But then I heard that the government also considers liquor stores to be essential businesses in these days. So, I don't know. We all need spirit, I guess. Hey, but... But I also thought about, about parents. Parents, I am really feeling for all of you these days. I, I pray for you all every day. I really do. You, you have responsibility for your children and maybe some grandparents too. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for who knows how many weeks. And many of you are trying to do your own jobs, your work as well. You are doing for your children and your family instead of for yourself. You're giving up a lot for their health and happiness. Parents, I just want to affirm you, that is servanthood. That's what Jesus is talking about. And, and I honestly believe that God will honor this season in the life of your family and the investment and sacrifice you're making for your children. I'm thinking too about, about, about older kids who perhaps are helping to care for or entertain younger brothers and sisters. That's servanthood. Some of us may find ourselves caring for, for sick family members, putting ourselves at risk too. That's servanthood, doing for others. I thought about some of our mission partners who work with us and with God's people all around the world many of them serving in more vulnerable places right now. Some of them could be coming home to the States where it might be more safe and they might have access to medical care, but many of them are staying where they are to serve their people, even at some cost and risk to themselves. And I've been hearing stories from all around our campuses of some of the creative ways that Grace Chapel people are finding to serve others even in these strange days. 
Some folks are just making phone calls, calling neighbors, friends, other church members. How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Do you need anything? Some are dropping off meals or groceries. I've heard of a few folks who are working on social media to gather all the masks and protective medical gear they can and then make them available to hospitals. Some of our groups, some of our kids even, are, are making cards to send off to people who, to, to older folks or sick people or people who might be living in assisted living facilities. I heard of another family that decided to, to, to give blood right now, which is needed. Now, for a lot of reasons, uh, this was a very difficult thing for this family to do. But they decided to do it anyway because they were thinking of others instead of themselves. All our campuses are reaching out to local food banks and community agencies to find ways that we can help serve and give in our local community these days. But we'd like to suggest a, a, a new way we've just been thinking about, about, about how Grace Chapel people can be serving even in a time of isolation. What if every Grace Chapel person started a, a neighborhood network right where they live, reaching out to just five or ten of the households or families nearby on their street or, or in your apartment building, and, and you kind of became a host to a little group of people. It might be connecting them into an online chat or, uh, or, or connecting them on an email or a text thread. It would simply be a way of allowing people to, to get to know each other, to share stories, maybe to share resources. Hey, where did you come from originally? How long have you lived in the neighborhood? Wouldn't it be amazing if during this time of social isolation, your neighborhood became more connected than ever before? That can happen. But it's going to take a servant someone who will take initiative, invest a little time and energy, and yes, take a little bit of a risk to put that idea out there. If you'd like to try that, we're actually going to put up a little template and some, some helps on our Grace at Home page for, for starting a neighborhood network right where you live. Well, back in the days of the early church, long time ago, 3rd century A.D., a terrible sickness swept through the Roman Empire, worse than COVID-19. Hundreds of thousands of people were sick and many lost their lives. And so people began fleeing the cities. If they could, they got out of the city to get away from other people, sometimes leaving sick family members behind. Not so the Christians Christians stayed. They stayed in their neighborhoods. They stayed in the city. They cared for the sick. They, they took in orphans. They honored those who died. And historians will say that it was the sacrificial love of, of followers of Jesus, their willingness to risk and even lose their own lives for their neighbors, that love opened people's hearts to the message of Jesus and, and propelled the growth of the church in those early centuries. Now, thankfully, we're, 
We're not, most of us are not facing that kind of risk right now. But surely there is an opportunity for us to share the love of Jesus, to, to be different, to show the world what Jesus would do by, by serving others with love. So I have one more thought to share with you, but before I do, I'd like us to, to hear from a few folks in the Grace Chapel family who are putting these things into practice right now. Just the other night, Pastor Leah and Pastor Jeanette sat down with, with two folks from our Grace Chapel family who serve in the medical community. J.C. Rodriguez Barbosa is, uh, serves at Brigham and Women's, works at Brigham and Women's Hospital. He works in the OR area as a materials specialist and supervisor. And then Dr. Deborah Hung is a faculty member at the Broad Institute. She co-directs uh, their infectious disease and biome project. And she's a practicing physician as well, working at MGH and Brigham Women's. So, so let's let uh, Jeanette, Jeanette and Leah lead us into a conversation with these folks, and then I'll come back and wrap things up. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us just for this conversation. We know you both are super busy right now um, with everything that's going on. Maybe, would you mind just sharing how you're doing personally and maybe give us a glimpse into your world at work right now. So JC, maybe we can start with you. My role as a OR materials supervisor in the OR is uh, supporting anesthesia directly with all of the disposable materials, equipment um, that they use throughout their day-to-day -day procedures. Um, but recently, because of this crisis, I'll call it, uh, my role has somewhat been reoriented um, and at Brigham and Women's Hospital in particular, we've opened up distribution centers for PPE uh, to kind of help manage some of the stock out issues and other concerns related to that inventory. Um, so I've somewhat become a bouncer for the first couple of hours of my shift where I'm directing the flow of traffic to this distribution center that we've built. Uh, with all of this equipment, including masks, uh, gowns, uh, eyewear, uh, face shields, uh, and the famous N95 that I'm sure everybody's been hearing about, which is a mask um, that is used and is very protective. Um, but we're experiencing these shortages, so there's a, a good amount of tension <laughs> within the facility and, and uh, employees are sometimes not too happy uh, that we deny them access to some of the equipment that they would rather have and, and, and feel more comfortable having uh, throughout their day-to-day -day procedures. But uh, it's been stressful, but we're, we're managing. And I'm lucky that on the home front, uh, my wife is able to <laughs> deal with everything uh, that needs to be managed here. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Deb, what about you? Well, I should start by saying JC, now I know where to go when I want an N95 mask. Yeah. We're on L1, by the way. <laughs> right by the M elevators. Um, I think uh, I will echo what uh, JC said. I honestly have lost track of day and night, so it's actually hard for me to describe, you know, what a day looks like. Um, you know, I play two roles. One is in the hospitals, 
where I'm actually attending uh, for the infectious disease service, taking care of patients right now who have uh, COVID-19 or who were concerned might have it. And so we're trying to uh, manage them and, and rule them out. Um, and in between seeing patients, I'm trying to manage uh, the efforts of my research institute to try to uh, play our role in the, the current crisis, uh, which has included um, trying to get a, a lab up and running at our institute to be able to run several thousands of diagnostic tests uh, in a day, uh, given that that's probably the greatest need currently um, and the greatest challenge because we, there are not enough tests to diagnose people. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's a balance of those uh, that go kind of, you know, from morning until night. Um, I, I have to admit, I feel like I'm living in a time warp um, where, you know, it will, it will feel, you know, I look at my watch and it's 2 p.m. and I feel like it's midnight. Yeah. Uh, I will have conversations with people uh, and it will feel like it was um, centuries ago. Mm -hmm. And then people remind me, oh, we talked this morning. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just a very strange and uh, really unprecedented time. Yeah, and I, I think that, um, like I said, in moments of stress, you know, people's true characters come through. Mm -hmm. So I feel like all we can do is wake up in the morning and pray and ask for strength to be as Christ-like as we can. And then, to be honest, I don't think, at least for me, I don't have any more time uh, to think about it. And I just have to trust that, you know, Christ is with me and that he will help me be uh, as best as I can be. Like, how are you doing, like, what is motivating you right now to serve in this way? I, I, I'll start. I, I will say that I don't consider what I'm doing sacrifice, right? I'm just doing what I'm trained to do. Mm -hmm. um, I am, if anything, honored by the ability to try to help in whatever way I can. Um, I am humbled by everyone around me who's working selflessly uh, to try to help in that way. You know, what is the motivation? The motivation is, you know, you know we're, we're, we're taught by Christ that, you know, what talents you've been given, right? It's our responsibility to use them to serve God and to honor God. Um, to whom much is given, much will be required. I completely believe that if I weren't here, God would get it done anyway. So, you know, it's, it's really an honor to be able to be a part of this by interviews by him. There's no sacrifice here. It's really an honor and it's a humbling uh, experience. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't agree more um, with what, what Deb just said. It, it truly is... Uh, it's no different for me in the sense that I would be going to work regardless um, and would be confronted with obstacles that are uh, maybe not as extreme as what we're going through right now in this crisis. But this, this is what it is to be a healthcare worker. You're going to, you're going to see some things that might not be so pleasant. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, not to be so blunt, that's what we signed up for. Uh, and, and it just so happens that we're dealing with this right now. But yeah, I, I wake up every morning and, and it's for, for quite a while now, for me at the very least, it's, it's been a 
and, and to remember that in every interaction, I have an opportunity to exemplify what Christ exemplifies and what he exemplified. And, and I try to do that to the best of my ability, but it's definitely an honor. It's not just Dev and I, it's a gang of individuals who are in there, um, who are technically fighting this war against an invisible opponent. Um, there was a point yesterday, close towards the end of the day, where my manager and I, who work very closely, um, happened to head back to the office, and we just got some information regarding uh, how things will multiply. Um, not so much because there are more people getting infected, but because more testing is going around where we're revealing uh, how many people are actually, you know, infected at the moment. Um, and, you know, we felt really defeated because we kind of know that because of the shortages of inventory and, and the lack of preparation at a systemic level, um, this may very well get worse. Um, and, you know, I was, I get kind of teary when I get emotional. Um, so we happened to walk right back in the office and there were a whole bunch of boxes in the office that were placed there by some of the administrative personnel who shares the office space. And they were donations from, I'm not sure if they're elementary or middle school students from what I remember. And they were N95 masks and gloves and gowns. And I started tearing and uh i'm even getting a little emotional now thinking of it but that ra uh, random act of kindness that we weren't expecting um was able to kind of pull me out of that defeated moment so to speak um and was like all right cool what else do we have left to do for the day before we get out of here and you know we kept it moving so mm -hmm. things like that mm, wonderful mm. i don't i don't think you have enough time for for me to tell you about all the random acts of kindness you know it goes from uh, friends who have texted me to say, I know you don't have time to go to the store. We're going grocery shopping for you. Um, uh, 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 one of my best friends at Grace Chapel uh, called me up to say, Deb, I've got a dozen eggs. They're at my house. Tell me when I need to deliver them when you need them. Uh, I have you know, other folks who have uh, texted me to say, we know you don't have time to go to the 10 or 20, 30 stores looking for toilet paper. <laughs> So we ordered it on Amazon for you. Mm. Um, you know, as I told you that we've been working really literally 24 seven to try to get up a diagnostic capability at my research institute. Um, somebody emailed me and this one almost made me cry uh, to say that they don't have skills to work in the, in the lab to help get the, the, the diagnostic capability up. But is it okay? They would like to get bring food over for everybody who's working the night shift and feed everybody. I'm very, yeah, I'm really moved by just both of your perspectives and hearts and mm -hmm. just the things that you're seeing and the stories that you're sharing. And I'd love to know, you know, what your maybe like hopes are for the church kind of the the people of god the body of believers right now like what do you think you know i, I just wonder what god's invitation is for us in this season and you know how is it that you think people maybe who aren't necessarily serving you know on the front lines 
be the hands and feet of, of Jesus right now. This situation reminds me of how easily we take things for granted. Um, real simple things, but going back to what I had mentioned earlier, um, relying on reminding myself how to be more Christ-like on a day-to-day basis. Um, uh, just that, you know, um, don't forget that, you know, one of our callings is, is relationship with one another. And, and, and we take that for granted, I think quite often, you know, what I would love to see for the church is actually, you know, the heart of the motto of the church, uh, discovering life with God for the good of the world. What I would love the world to do is to see the church and the good that it can do because of God. And because that's what centers us. And that is the root of, of all that we do and how we live. I have, have gotten to the point in my life where I know God has a plan, even though we can't see it. And I know that he intends and will bring good out of this, even if we don't understand it. And I think it's our job to let the world know that. Whether it's through small acts of, you know, going grocery shopping for someone, whether it's texting somebody to say, I was thinking of you, you know, whether it's buying toilet paper on Amazon for someone else, right? For them to know that we do this because we love God and God loves us. And that's what our motivation is. That's what I would love to see happen. And thank you both um, for your time and energy, uh, Deb and JC. And I want to thank you, Leah, for your part too. And I think it's really important that we don't forget um, folk around the world as well, who don't have as many resources as we do. We're going to be facing this pandemic in a whole different way than we can. Um, so let's remember them and our partners who are serving in those contexts. Um, I think God will, God will work out his purposes and he'll redeem this hard situation uh, for our good and for his glory. And I think that's what we can rely on today. So I want to say God bless to um, each of you and to the congregation. And I want to remind everybody, you got to wash your hands. And so we're going to go back to Pastor Brian. Thanks, everybody. Hey, well, thank you, Linnea and Jeanette. Thanks, JC and Deb, for, for your service more largely, but also for sharing a little bit of glimpse into your lives these days. We appreciate all that you and many others are doing. If you'd like to see the whole interview, there's a little bit more to it than that. Uh, you can find it on our YouTube channel or on our Grace at Home page as well. Well, hey, our lesson for this week is pretty simple. You should know it by now. We bless others when we serve with love. We bless others when we serve with love. When we do for others instead of doing for ourselves. And kids, if you've been counting the serve words, I think I've used it about 27 times. So you can figure out if you got that right, but that's what I think. As we finish up, I want to point out, Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done for us. Let's look at the last verse here in this passage. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If anyone deserved to be served by others, 
It was Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings. But he did the opposite. He came to serve. He spent his life doing for others, healing others, feeding others, listening to others, and, and ultimately suffering and dying for others. You remember that phrase that James and John used when they made that request to Jesus? Master, let one of us sit on your left and one of us on your right. There's one other time that Mark uses that very same wording in his gospel. You know when that time is? When he's describing the two thieves who were crucified with Jesus, one on his left and one on his right. Because you see, that's the moment Jesus came in his kingdom. That's the moment he demonstrated true greatness. The moment he gave up his life for us on the cross. Suffering the consequences of sin and failure for us. Bearing the burden of all our guilt and shame for us. Taking responsibility for all the world's evil for us. Breaking the power of sin and death for us. And because he's done it for us, all we have to do is receive it from him. Receive his forgiveness and a fresh start on life and receive the freedom to go out and be the people we were meant to be. People who live for others instead of ourselves. If you have never received that forgiveness, that fresh start, you can do it today, right now, right where you're sitting by simply praying and asking Jesus to come into your life to forgive you and set you free and give you a fresh start. And if you haven't yet discovered the joy of serving others, you can discover that today too by simply answering his call and following him into a life of blessing. Why don't we bow and pray about that for a minute? Lord, we thank you for this time to be together today. For the sense we have that you're speaking to us today as one people, as your people here in greater Boston and perhaps even beyond. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into the world for us, living for us, dying for us, rising for us, so that we can be forgiven and free. May each of us today receive that forgiveness for the first time or the hundredth time. And may we begin today to know the joy of following you into a life of serving others. We pray for your church, Lord, that we might be your people. We pray for our nation that you would bless those who are serving us in these days, all the people we've talked about here today. We pray, Lord, that you would flatten the curve as the language has been used, that you would restrain the spread and the outbreak and the impact of this virus. And we pray, Lord, that you might use this time in the life of the church and our nation and the world to do something good for your purposes. We believe you can do that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, friends, it's been great to be together today. Thanks for joining us. 
if you should want to know more about what it means to have a relationship with Christ and to follow him, that's what we're here for. You can reach out to us even now. Call the church office, reach out to your campus pastor, and talk to a friend you know here at Grace. Send me an email, brian at grace.org, B-R-Y-A-N at grace.org. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his grace shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen.